0: Hey, it's Jeff and Jeremy from the Ultra Running Guys, and if you're here, you probably already know that we started this podcast to help
1: you take your next step in your ultra running journey. But what you may not know is that in addition to this podcast, we also host two live races in the Wilmington, North Carolina area that are designed to do the same.
0: The first is the Final Countdown, which takes place on September 16th, and whether you've never run before or you're a hardcore ultra veteran, this race is designed to help you find your limits. And we will be there to help
1: celebrate with you. And we have now opened registration for the Hydra, which will take place on April 20th and has a 50K individual, a 50K relay, and a half marathon option. Whatever option you choose, we promise that slaying the Hydra will be unlike any race you've ever
0: experienced. All right, so mark your calendars, share with your friends, and visit us at theultrarunningguys.com or
1: check out the links in the show notes for more info. And with that, enjoy the episode, and remember, when in doubt, just show up. and welcome back to the ultra running guys you got jeremy reynolds and jeff winchester of the ultra running guys and the reason that we're here is to help you take your next step in your ultra running journey and these episodes are so fun for us this is a race spotlight series and so part of figuring out what your next step is of course is what races do you run to do that and so this really is about highlighting some great races that we think you want to consider for your calendar and i am stoked if you've been with us for a while you know that i grew up in southern california this race comes to you from Southern California is a beautiful part of the country, hard to beat the weather. can you can probably beat the traffic, but out there, you can, it's hard to beat the weather and the beauty. <laughs> and so, uh, Jeff, why don't you give us a little background on the race and we'll bring on the race director. I don't feel like I can do it justice since you love the area so much more. And I've never really <laughs> been there, but this week
0: we are focusing on the Le- Leona divide 100 K and this race is held in Lake Hughes, California, which is north of Los Angeles. And runners are going to spend a majority of this race on the Pacific Crest Trail. Runners are going to have 17 hours to complete the 100K. And if you want to make it your Western States qualifier, you've got to get it done in 16 hours. One thing that we did notice, though, when we did a little bit of research is that this 100K tops out around 10,000 feet of elevation gain. which Just under. is under. A little under, a little under. But it <laughs> seems to be a lot in the world that we live in since we're on the flat East Coast. But um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that as we get going in here. But I'm looking forward to learning more about the race as well. And without further ado, we're going to talk to the race director, Kara Henninger. Um, Kara, (laughs) welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay.
1: So, like I said, um, I mean, Angeles Crest 100, that part of the world, um, I've, I've looked at, done a lot of research. And so when Jeff, Brought this race up, started talking about where it was. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. It's going to be great for runners. As we mentioned, we've we've done some different races, East Coast. uh, We recently just did Rocky Raccoon in Texas. But this is the first one that we've really focused on out west. And it's also the first one with some pretty decent elevation gain. So there's a lot of questions that we have for people that are going to be considering. But first, I really want to know, because I always enjoy kind of the personal aspect. So before we get into the logistics, what is your favorite thing about the Leona Divide 100k?
2: Oh, um, that's a really good question. Um, (laughs) so uh, one of the best things about the Leona Divide 100k, I think is that it is ran almost entirely on the Pacific Crest Trail. It doesn't mean there's not a truck trail section, but that's really special because what a lot of people might not know is that it is a extremely hard actually it's almost next to impossible to get permits for any race on the pacific crest trail now moving forward so leona divide has been grandfathered in um and any races that are on the pacific crest trail currently um that's kind of the situation that would have to be but to get any new races permitted so the 100k um, we just moved the race back where it is right now is where the original course was for 25 years. There was a huge fire in 2013 and we had to move it like to the other side of the mountain and the other side of the Pacific crest trail. And now we got to finally come back. So to me, that's kind of one of the coolest things about the hundred K there's not very many races where you're going to run a hundred K almost entirely on the PCT. So Yeah
1: love it that's so cool and it's so pretty out there it really is
2: it really is it's like a different kind of pretty it's you know it's not like the Angeles Crest Mountains necessarily so to speak even though it's in the Angeles National Forest um it's sneaky hard but it's beautiful the views are unreal yeah for sure
1: and you guys and we'll link it but the, there's a great video out there that shows uh, just some of the running. We really enjoyed watching that. You know, you learn it's only a couple minutes long, but it gives you some of the visuals of the types of things that people would be running. Um, but we know there's history. So you just mentioned it's, it's been around for quite a while, moving it back to the original site. How long has it been around? And kind of tell us the origin story.
2: So it's been around for um, 30 years. And originally, the original race director, which is so cool, she was this tiny little lady, and her name was Glenda Kimmerley. And her and her um, husband and a whole group of friends, they were sort of the pioneers in the sport, um, used to run the Leona Divide 50-mile course as a training run for Angeles crest, the first few years, Western States. Um, and it was just a training run. And then Glenda's husband, Bob passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do it as like in memory of him. They were like, we always, you know, for years, did this 50 mile run as a training run together. Let's make it a race. And so for many years, the early history of Leona, a lot of people don't know, like um, Leona Divide had a Montreal shoe named after it. Like there's some really cool ultra running history with Leona Divide. And in 2007, I got into the sport in 2005. And then in 2007, I volunteered at Leona. And in 2008, I sort of took over the role as the volunteer coordinator and instantly found my passion. Um, And then in 2009, Glenda, I believe she was like in her very early 60s at that time, just said, I want to give you this race. I see that you have so much passion and love for it. And I just, I want it to continue. And I think you can make it better than we ever have. And she just gave it to me and it was the coolest thing ever. So that's the history of all of the Leona divide. Yeah.
1: So good.
0: That was great. (laughs) (laughs) I want to meet this person. Um, so let's move over to the runners a little bit themselves. Why do you believe every runner should run um, the Leona Divide um, and be a part of that race?
2: Oh, that's like such a deep question for me. Leona is like the love of my life besides my husband. It started my ultra running race directing career. It's my baby. It's beautiful. But the, Leona is, and I really mean this sincerely, it's of all, because I have a ton of races. We have a ton of big races that we organize and put on. But Leona is the one race where everyone in our community either comes out to run, race, crew, or pace. There's a ton of like crew access and it's easily accessible for the most part. So it's like this really grassroots community event, but it's also big, you know, five, 600 runners. So it's a large race and it's like this big community. Um, and everyone sort of comes out. So you really get that vibe and that love and that feel when you race that race. And, and a lot of people have told me that. So I think that that's what makes Leona special because there's a ton of beautiful trail races out there. Let's not lie, but it's hard to find that genuine, like family feel. And Leona definitely has that. Yeah.
1: So you got a mix of beautiful trail, some elevation, and then a yeah. good community, it sounds like and some pretty cool history. And I, I actually really like that. I was not aware of that, that there's only a few or that, that it's tough to get on to mm-hmm. the, the PCT going forward. So, um, yeah. So
0: if you want to run a race out there, you may what, want to, if you want to run on that as a race, you need to run one of the existing races. Right.
1: Right. All right. Yeah. So we've, we've talked about some of the good things, obviously for us. So we're out on the coast, it's flat we mentioned the elevation gain to me, it sounds like a, you know, giant mountain. Um, but what do you think, what do you think runners underestimate about the Leona divide? Like, is there a theme that you see as the race director that you're like, ah, oh, if I could just get runners to to recognize this, we, would you know, we'd have some of them be better off.
2: Oh, that's a good question. You know, the heat. Um, And the reason why I say the heat, it's not like we've had days where it's been 100 degrees, but we've had days where it's been 55 and sleeting a little bit of snow. Um, So most times it's warm. But when I say warm, it'll say the high is 78 or the high is 79 but it's a different type of heat out there the sun is really hot and it's the high desert so you know most of it's like a, between like 4000 5000 feet um but the sun is just really hot and there's a lot of exposed sections so feel it a little different and I also think the time of year that it happens, you know, people aren't quite ready for that kind of heat and pretty quickly here in SoCal, it gets hot. So it's like, we do have cold January, February. I know it's not real cold, but it does get cold and it does snow actually out on the Leona course every year, January, February. Um, But then it's like overnight, it gets hot. And I think that everyone kind of everywhere is not prepared for that heat. And then on race day, Leona is just a little extra because of the exposure and the sun is a little hot. So that's what I just always tell people. If you can do a few, you know, um, training runs in the sun a couple sauna sessions, um, it will help. So that's definitely something that is the one of the harder things about Leona.
0: It's interesting yeah. because when you, when you look at the race, it does start in April, I mean, the race is this upcoming year is April 20th, um, uh, April 20th, 2024. Um, yep. and it would be the early spring or the middle of spring, I guess you'd say. And so most people have not heat acclimated at that point, even us, you know, we live on the southeastern side of the U S we are just now starting to ramp up our temperatures and any races that we're doing that are hot, we begin to feel early and often, but once we get into the summertime, you know, we're all cooking, but, totally. uh, yeah. yeah. And so it's a, the time of the year, um, most runners have not heat acclimated at all, regardless of where they're training. So that's a really good point. I didn't think about that we thought when we were looking at this we thought the weather uh, weather's probably mild you know mid 70s whatever it's probably really pleasant
2: (laughs) well in southern california not that we get a lot of rain but march does tend to be kind of like our rainy month i mean Mm. minus this year i think it rained every day this winter um but normally in march it is just a little rainy and a little cloudy and it's like always in the like low 60s you know and and then all of a sudden it just and we have Leona every year the third Saturday in April. It's like our religious date that we just and it's like it never fails. It's like it just a week or two before the race, the the you know SoCal temps come out and it's like okay, sunshine's here, we're ready, and it, it people just start prepared. So it's interesting, yeah. No matter how much I tell people, like it's gonna be hot.
1: Yeah. So, so if you're listening take that note if you want to get out there just uh you know be prepared for the surprise surprise it's warm now. Um all right so this is kind of uh related to that. So we oh. talked about that because we had a question but it sounds like we've answered it is what can runners do to prepare themselves to avoid a DNF. So I think it's really just plan for the heat be prepared. Um but if if somebody's going to drop from your race because even in that video you talked about a certain section it sounds like there's probably some some difficult parts but we've also learned that the structure of a race whether it's a looped course you know different things can can really set up a runner for an opportunity that like if they were going to dnf this is probably the spot and sometimes it's good for people to know that so they can plan on how to get out of that right so if someone was going to drop from your race one what is it going to knock them out it sounds like it's probably the heat but Is there a certain spot or aid station or something you would tell people you just got to get through that?
2: Oh, that's a good question. So I have purposely designed a lot of my race courses. Like if there's a hundred K, I almost always have a 50 mile and 50 K distance. And I always like to start for the most part, the distances together And I make it very convenient, like that the 50 mile distance just turns around an aid station or two earlier and same with the 50 K. So what makes Leona really hard is if you are in the hundred K, you pass right by the 50 mile turnaround spot and you're out on the course. If you're having a tough day and it's just right there, all you got to do is just turn around and go back and not keep going, you know, the totally like super hard section that follows that. So I think that that's also the harder thing about Leona. And I would even say my other race, Sean O'Brien, because I do the same thing. But I also, like it breaks my heart when people get DNFs. And I love that I give that option. And if you, you know, the races start together. So it's like no harm, no foul. You get a finish. You did the 50 mile and you're not getting 100K DNF. Um, but it makes it really hard mentally. I mean, half the field will just turn around at the 50 mile turnaround or turn around at the 50k turnaround they're like yeah i got a 50k in um but it's a mental it's 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 hard so that that is definitely a tough thing about leona divide yeah
0: so so you're what you're saying is that when you since you have the option to get a 50k or 50 mile um medal or whatever the finisher medal is that when they get to that spot that that is the reason that they're going to more likely not drop but at least drop down in distance
2: yes yeah so So it does turn out that we don't have a ton of DNFs. they'll just drop down a distance so um and i've definitely catered to that like i said i just have such a soft spot for people for dnf and i try to make it so that they have an option um but it's you know when they have to make that choice a lot of people just take turn around
0: (laughs) well let's talk let's talk about that for just a second because it's my understanding i believe it's called the um I think it's called the sawmill truck trail at this point is the hard part. And so is that what, is that the section that they know they're about to go up? Can you describe that section that makes it so challenging?
2: Yes. So as you are on the course and you leave that 50 mile turnaround spot, and then you, from there you're on the hundred K course it's hundred K only. And you leave the PCT and you go like almost six miles all the way down the sawmill truck trail. And it's nothing but, down you're like way up high up a maxwell crossing road which is one of the highest points on the course and you go down a couple i mean it's it's a pretty good drop and then the aid station's at the bottom and then you have to turn around and go all the way back up and it's that is the only fire road section and it's fully exposed so people are hitting it in the warmest part of the day late afternoon like you know between like 3:30 and 5:30 p.m. um it's just tough like it was brutal for people last year yeah and it's easy access there and like the runners know that so they right. just a lot of them when they got to the bottom they called it quits so like i am not going back up that um
0: yeah so what what's the what's the gain of that um ascent back up
2: oh, I'd have to double check, but I think it's around like 2,600. It's a lot, 2,400. And it's just really exposed. So remember with that Leona divide sun. Now I will say, and I'm not just saying this, it's beautiful. Like when we were out course marking, we went from the turnaround point to point. And like, we started up that truck trail, you know, right after sunrise and oh my gosh, it's gorgeous but i don't think very many runners felt that way and (laughs) raced
1: 40 miles in at two in the afternoon you're like yeah well it's it's a 10k so
0: it's six miles to go to go back from the bottom back to the top and it's 2400 feet of elevation gain you're talking 400 feet of elevation per mile yeah that's a climb
2: estimates but that's about what it is it's just tough so tough i love it yeah we were fresh and we were marking it and i was like oh this is a tough climb. And Amanda's like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. She's like, where does trail marking? And I was like, Oh no.
1: <laughs> but if you're listening so here, cause I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, we got people listening there in two camps. Mm-hmm. One is, Hey, I, I want to try, maybe I'm thinking about my first ultra. I'm not quite sure how I can do. Right. And so it sounds like this is a perfect opportunity to line up, see what you can do, because at the end of the day, you can turn around with the 50 K group. You can turn around with the 50 mile group and then you can go for the hundred K, but you know, first time out you can kind of see, but then there's the other camp that I would think that's like, okay, i right, I'm gonna go after this thing and use it as my qualifier. So it's kind of like, you know, do or die. I wanna finish this thing. Cause that's what I showed up to do. And that's where I think that's really valuable just to know that, Hey, there's gonna be the section. It's gonna be hard, but I imagine once you get back up that climb it's probably home free from there. Is that right? Or is there any other surprises?
2: Oh no, there's other surprises.
1: (laughs) So, so what I was about to say is it's not home free, but, uh, you know, just be prepared for a tough race. But I I think that that's so good because for people to understand, I actually really like, uh, especially for the newer runners, the option to kind of go, let's see how it goes and not feel to your point, like it's pass fail. Right. Yeah, but but I think for the runners
0: who finish it after for that for that climb and those challenges at the end of the race to be there, I think when you finish the hundred k, oh, yeah. you probably have a huge sense of accomplishment because
1: you're like, I went through a lot, and then I had to really grind it out at the end. Well, and for perspective, there's only a handful of Western States qualifiers that are not hundred milers, and this happens to be one. That's correct.
0: Right? and That's why.
1: So, yeah. And you mentioned Sean O'Brien, and mm-hmm. that is as well, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, that's a gold ticket race.
2: Yes. And I will humbly say that I think that the Sean O'Brien hundred K is so much harder than, um, not, not, I shouldn't say so much harder. I have so much respect for anyone that finishes it, but it's significantly harder than the Leona divide hundred K in my humble opinion. Um, there's quite a lot more climbing and the climbs are steeper and it's just tough. Um, the one thing I will say is I don't necessarily think that Leona is very technical. You have a yeah. lot of very smooth butter PCT like single track that goes for and lots of downhill so this course is either up or down for the most part and the downhills are the most smooth sections of Pacific Crest Trail single track like you might kick a rock and so that that's where anywhere there's parts of Sean O'Brien, that are, you know, not mountain treacherous technical, but a little more technical and just a little different. Um, so yeah, Leona, it, it definitely, um, has that factor that it's not very technical.
0: Right. Yeah. Like Jeremy said earlier, we watched the video of the Leona divide that's available on your website as well. And the trails, we just kept, we kept talking about the fact, look how smooth they are, right. like, mm-hmm. like incredible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: well, you guys must have been laughing compared to like the the trails. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like,
0: yeah. Well, we have our roots, roots and rocks. Yeah, and so I, stuff. Again, <laughs> we're
1: we're flat. We're not in mountains. We run like mountain bike trails, right? But, but they, you know, they, they so we map. don't have the views. That's for sure. We got views of pine trees, but um, I like pine trees. I mean, I do too. Okay, you just oh yeah, I get to see the pine trees six feet in front of me. Not you know. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. All right. So eight stations. You mentioned that there is some easy access, but talk us through the aid station if somebody is preparing. How many, how far apart? What type of stuff do you offer? Let's go through that.
2: Okay, um, so I, I pride myself on my aid stations. And I really think that that is one of the most important things to offer runners that you know pay their hard-earned money for a race entry. So we offer a massive variety of food, and I and I am in the SoCal community known for my aid stations. So nice. Yeah, so we have every kind of sweet and salty snack that you could imagine. And we go like above and beyond. I do gluten-free bread options. Um, we do almond butter instead of just peanut butter sandwiches. Um, and the list goes on and on. Lots of fresh fruit, tons of ice. And we don't just do like cut-up oranges. I always like to do watermelons, strawberries, bananas, and oranges. Um, so we do a variety lots of options very well supported and the community down here obviously socal is very populated and from that and like you were joking earlier about the traffic and all the things yes but com- <laughs> but from that comes one incredibly large ultra and trail running community and everybody wants to volunteer. We have this really amazing family down here. And so every aid station will have a minimum of like 10 volunteers and they are like, it's like a pit stop. I mean, whatever you need. And when you come in the drop bags, they're in numbered order. There's a volunteer that gets your drop bag, opens it for you, helps you. So it's, it's, that to me is really important. I think that that's what makes a race. Um, so you'll get that at every aid station. Most of the aid stations are not more than seven miles apart, but some of those aid stations, you have some pretty good climbs. So we make sure that our race guide and the email, you know, makes, you know, tells people to be very prepared. Like there are sections, you don't like one handheld is, you know, you probably want an extra bottle, stuff like that. Um, but most of the aid stations are about seven, seven miles apart for the most part. Minus that uh, sawmill truck, 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 trail aid station. So that's the longest stretch. That's almost a 10 mile stretch without aid. So, okay. and that would be the absolute longest that you would go.
0: Can I ask a, a question clarification? So um, I want to go back to what you said about the volunteers help you by getting your drop bags and stuff. Now, is that something that is by design? In other words, so I've run a couple of races where I have a drop bag located in a, on a um, tarp and I have to go find it and everything like that. Do runners come in and they say, you know, here's my bib. I've got a drop bag. They look for your bib number and the volunteers go and grab it and bring it to you. Is that how that works?
2: Yes. Yeah. So, and we have, um, before, so I I've never handed off the job of volunteer coordinator for all of my races to anyone, but me, my volunteers are my family. We have a Facebook group page with 800 people and it's like insane. So I send those emails and I'm like, we have a drop bag captain. So at the big races, that person's job, that inside of the aid station, along with the captain and co-captain, there's a drop bag captain, and their job is to get the drop bag, open it for the runner, and sometimes they'll have an assistant that is there just to help with drop bags, Um, because that's so important. A runner's tired, and they don't want to have to look for their drop bag and try to find their stuff, and that's what volunteers are there for, um, in my opinion, And so I feel like the race should represent me and what I would want at a race. And so I just strive for, you know, nothing less, but the best at my races and my volunteers are that way too. Like they take so much pride in their aid stations and the captains I've had at all these aid stations have been the same for years. I have captains that have been with me for 10 years. Like we're like family. So yeah.
0: I, I like that a lot. Um, and I think you know, that's not commonplace. What the other way that I described is a little bit more common. And so I think that is an extra touch that you're putting in there for um uh, for runners. And I think it's I hope like other race directors are listening to it too, because I think it's one of those things that when when you're in that moment and it is hard to find your drop bag sometimes because they're and I'm not saying they're not like thrown and not tossed aside on a tarp, they're laid out, but there's so many that it can be overwhelming when you first come up, and you're like, Okay, what color is my bag? Where's you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And so it's really cool that you do that. I, I mean, as a runner that's, that does ultras and stuff, I would really like that. I think that would be a, a, a nice touch in that moment where I'm like, I don't want to do anything but yeah. die. Right. So <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: um, that's really yeah. cool. I'm glad you do that for them. I think that's a, that's an awesome um, addition to your
1: volunteer. Well, I, we, I think we try. I think the consideration too. And so I've been spoiled, right? Pretty much every race that I've run, my wife and my daughter are my crew, and I come in yeah. and they hand me what I need right? And, and I always see the people that are self-supported and I'm always amazed at, at what they're doing. They have their bags and they come in and do their things, but it's at those moments, right? Where I'm like, gosh, like good on them, but I would struggle so much to not have some of that help. So the fact that you have people that take care of that, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, or, or you typically do self-supported or, you know, you're probably going to be self-supported. I think that's a huge well, yeah, well, even, even
0: in races that aren't even self supported, sometimes your crew can't get to you. Like, so one of the ones I did, the crew, my crew could not get to where I was. So I put my drop bag at that spot in two different places. And so um, you have both situations where either you are self supported or there's not a crew access. And um, to have that at the drop bag location is really cool. I know we've kind of beat that up a little bit on that, but it's, it's, I hear that and I recognize that it is something that's different than what I am personally used to experiencing, I'm sure other races do it, but it's not common that I've seen. So Um, very cool, very cool.
2: Thank you. I think the volunteers too, we have, you know, I'm lucky that I have enough people that we can do that. I know there's places and races that it's more remote and they're small towns. And so I don't want any other race director to like hate on me for,
0: you know, uh, no, I, no, 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 no.
2: just have tons of people, and and they just, you know, I I'm good at delegating, and we found a system. So.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't think it's a, a negative for the other race directors. I think it, it shows another place that you can plug people in. That you can, if you can yep. get the manpower to do it, this is another touch. And and most race directors want to create incredible experiences for their runners, right? And so if a race director's thinking like, what can I do that maybe I haven't thought of yet? This could be an idea that they can incorporate if they've got the manpower to pull off. If they don't, then they need to make do. It least have the drop bags in an organized thing which they do you know and so um but to me
1: it's a really cool cool thing
2: thank you awesome Mm
1: -hmm. all right so we've touched on a, a lot of the details of the race let's talk about registration so registration opens december 1st we talked about the race is april 20th are there What do people need to know about registration? Because some, you know, some races, you got to be right there. You got to be ready to hit the button. Some require uh, qualifying races or volunteer hours. Talk to the audience and let them know what they need to be prepared for.
2: Okay. So I have never done a lottery for any of my races and I, none of them. Because to me, I feel like if you can get up in the morning and Click register. It's a very, it's the easiest way to be super fair and inclusive. Um, That way everyone just has a fair shot. It doesn't, you know, judge gender, nothing. It's just like if you get up at 5am on, you know, January 1st and you register, you're in. So a Leona is not a lottery for that reason. Um, and it usually sells out in a few days. So it's not something like it sells out in two hours, um, because I am allowed a lot of runners, you know, for trail running standards. Um, but usually like about a week or two after opening, we are sold out and the wait list starts filling. So with registering, um, I always say just, you know, register when it opens. So that's sort of, but yeah, no lottery. Um, and we used to always open registration on January 1st. But we've moved it to December 1st this year because we have some new and exciting things going on for Leona Divide. And I just felt like we should open it a little bit early. And the SoCal community gets so antsy. They're like, when's registration opening? I'm like, y'all know when it's going to (laughs) open, January 1st. But now it's different. So yeah. So really, there's not a lot to know about registration. Like there's no lottery. Um, There is a discount code that like is... The overall KH races code for fifteen dollars off. So if anybody, it's just KH races. So if they decide to register, I just want to make sure everyone uses that code. Um, and it's just all we send it out. It's all across the board. So
0: we'll make sure to include that in our show
1: notes. Yes, if that's awesome. all right with you. Yeah, we'll put it right yes, in there. Yes,
2: please. Yeah.
1: Yeah. KH races, And so I think the, I think the big takeaway is plan ahead, know if this is a race that you want to run, because yeah. even though it may not be instant, if you miss the window, it's going to be, you know, that's probably it, but, uh, you mentioned some exciting news. What do you have going for 2024 Leona divide?
2: So I'll segue this with saying that, um, pre pandemic, I had this dream and idea of creating a hundred mile in the Santa Monica mountains where I have my Sean O'Brien and Ray Miller course. And I made that dream happen. And we did it for two years. Last year was the last year, um, not for permitting issues, but just the cost of the permit with state parks are, um, it ended up costing me a lot of money out of pocket to put on. And it takes a while to build a hundred mile race, but my heart was broken that, um, cage races couldn't continue that, but it just wasn't feasible. Um, I have a lot of staff and a lot of people and it was, so that was very hard for me. And my brain just kept racking. Like, how could we have a hundred mile? How could we do a hundred miles still? Maybe it could be where we already have a race. And, and then Leona just kept popping in my head and just, I just, it was like Leona's so established. Like if we added it there, it would be so easy or easier. Like that would work. And then the fire got ignited. Um, and then of course it took me going to the forest service and, you know, they were like, well, you already have an existing race there. So it's not a new race. Um, so it was a little like bobbing and weaving and, um, a few things, but they were like, you know, sure. That's fine with us. Um, so The announcement is we are adding a hundred mile to the Leona Divide for 2024, and it will come. It's going to be the current hundred K course, and then we are also going to use some of the old course that we just left. So it'll use the PCT from our old course that we that we just used in all the previous years. Um, So it's kind of a combination of both, and it is mostly ran on the Pacific Crest Trail. So it's a hundred mile race that is like eighty five percent on the PCT, which is insane.
1: That is yeah. so cool. And although I was hoping you were just going to say the extra forty miles were going to be back and forth <laughs> on the uh, truck trail there, you know.
2: You know, just absolutely <laughs> <the> no, <laughs> going totally on the other direction on the PCT, and it's so exciting. Yeah, that,
1: that is, is that's awesome. That is huge. Congratulations on that um and so to touch on a couple things so if you're listening obviously there's a lot of you know we we're kind of focusing on the 100k but there's a 50k option there is a 50 mile and if you're if you're in if you're fast and you're interested in the angeles crest the 50 mile is a sterling silver ticket race so yep so the top two spots there get act or get entry to the angeles crest correct that would not be me (laughs) <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> so for us we're just out there having a good time we're just trying to tell people about it and then you've got the 100k option which is the qualifier and now the granddaddy of them all the 100 miler and is that going to start at the same time or is that going to be a separate start
2: it is going to start at the same time so okay. we we made a little bit of tough decision to take out the 30k um that was the smallest race we had at leona divide so this year i think i barely had like 45 people sign up for it and due to the fact that you know permits obviously we are limited um so we pulled the 30k out and so now everybody so the 55k 50 mile 100k and 100 mile will all start together at 6.00 a.m. and we are giving the 100 milers 33 hours to finish which i feel like is pretty generous only because um the elevation gain will be under 17 K. So it'll be right around like 16, nine, 16,009, which is a lot. It'll probably have the same amount of loss. Um, my husband just shot it on Gaia. Um, so it's not flat by any means, but it's not something like 23,000. It's not Angeles crest. Um, so I feel like that's pretty fair. So I'm excited about that too. Um, our actual cutoff for the hundred K is 18 hours. And if you, and if you make the last cutoff, we've let p- people finish after 18 hours. Um, I'm not, I just, I'm not going to cut someone at the finish. If they, they make the last aid station, we give them a finish. So we've had people finish longer than 18 hours. Um, so I was like, the aid stations are open. Yes, we would have to extend them till the next day, but it's not that much longer. Let's do it. So I'm excited. Yeah.
0: That's, so That's cool. awesome. So, you clarified because I misspoken in the very beginning of the intro. I said the cutoff for the Leona Divide 100K was 17 hours. And I mentioned that the Western States qualifier cutoff was 16 hours. Is it still 16 hours for Western States qualifying?
2: um Leona is 16 hours. Sean O'Brien is 17 hours. Okay. And gosh, as the race director, I should. I'm trying to remember if John Menninger might have changed that, but for goods purposes let's say that the western states cut off is 16 hours Got it. Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah but the actual but you have actually 18 hours on our
0: clock to finish right. awesome That's yeah
2: great. yeah
0: yeah very cool well this is congratulations the- by the way on yeah. that thank
2: yeah. you i'm so excited yeah socal is in need of a um i'll be careful how i say this socal is in need of minus the san diego 100 that is a Phenomenal 100 mile race, but they're in need of a really good, solid 100 mile race without any controversy around it. Just a you know, good, nice people putting it on, and then it's organized, and you know, you're going to be taken care of. And because minus San Diego 100, they're really Leona, there isn't it's it's a tough situation down here we have in SoCal. So, I'm excited to be bringing and giving that opportunity to people. You know, you sign up for 100, they're not cheap. Um, people train so hard and nobody should have an experience other than, you know, they're taken care of and things like that. So that's the goal for this hundred mile race. A lot of love. <laughs> I love it. Uh,
1: I love your energy. Uh, I love what I've seen of the course. And of course, being from kind of that area and region, um, uh, it's probably moving towards the top of my list once I put stuff back on the calendar. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit impartial. Oh, you're but
2: saying you're going to run it.
1: <laughs> use KH races to get a KH. K- yeah. What was that H- races. KH races. K-H okay. races. Um, now, but I just want to say, thank you so much for taking the time again for just the great energy. This has been so much fun. And I'm going to talk to the audience for a minute. If you, this is your first time finding us on YouTube, we have been doing the podcast since 2020. We love this. And like we said in the intro, just really, we're here to help you take your next step. And if you're returned, if you're just part of the ERG family, we appreciate you. We love you guys. And and as always, uh, yeah, we owe you a ton. Um, but go run Leona. Yeah, that's right. Go run Leona. And uh, Kira, just thank you so much for taking the time to be with us.
2: Thanks, you guys. This was so fun. I was so honored when you reached out to me. I actually don't really do podcasts. Not that I I, but a lot of people might not know my little tidbit is I'm a total introvert and I'm a really private person. You kind of have to be once you get to the play, place I'm at. And so for me, this, I was so excited. Like I, when I saw your email, something just said, do it. And I, I would say probably every other week, like I've been, I, I usually don't do podcasts. I turn them down. So for me, I was like, I just, these guys are so awesome. I just really want to do this. So I'm really honored. And this was awesome.
0: We appreciate that. It means a lot. That really does. Well, you did great. And we
1: then have rights. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, for everybody, uh, again, we appreciate you. And we'll be talking soon. And we'll make sure all these notes uh, and links and stuff are down in in the show notes. So, But all right. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk soon. And
0: Cut. cut. All right, listen, thank you so much. We recognize the fact that you are probably just hanging on just for a couple more minutes as you're finishing up your run. But really, we do want to give you a huge thank you for the constant support that you've shown us. We hear you and we feel you. And the best way for us to continue to grow is for you to share us with your friends. Tell them what you put in your ears when you're out there on a the long run. Hit the like button, leave us a comment, um, leave a review and give us some direct feedback on what you like about the show and
1: also what you don't like. We're here to improve and do it for you. And it really means the world. And listen, if you would like to support financially, you can connect with us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the ultra running guys, or you can use the support link in the show notes. Any and all support goes directly back into growing the show and helping us get better at what we love to do, which is to serve all of you. And with that, finish up that run, get cleaned up and just show up clean, clean.